0: Welcome back to another episode of Ships Ahoy. I'm Jill, uh, and it's actually going to be me flying solo for the majority of the episode this week to talk about the cargo ship that we're going to focus on. Um, But there is going to be a little moment of Christina jumping in towards the end. The way it's going to work is I'm going to do this recording um, because Christina and I were just not able to get our schedules aligned for this particular episode recording. Uh, And I'm definitely the one that kind of carries the torch for this ship anyways, um, which I'll get into. But the way we've kind of worked it out is that Christina does our editing. And so she is going to kind of hear, hear this recording and do the editing for it. And then her and I are actually going to do just a brief little moment at the end where we actually discuss like what type of ship is it? Because I'm going to be honest, that's the part I feel like I'm terrible at. And I really like getting the input from Justina when, when we're coming up with the ship, I like bouncing ideas off of her. So we're going to do it that way. So you're going to hear her at the end, but it is just going to be me today. Uh, So we might as well kind of just get into it. So as you can see from, you know, this episode title, we're focusing on cargo ships, which is a new category for us. And it's basically ships that have, as weird as it sounds, but, you know, ships that have a lot of baggage, I would say both in the context of the storytelling that we're seeing, but also why I really wanted to assign this title to to Wanda and Vision, who's the ship of the focus to this week, is because I feel like I have a lot of baggage with them, and particularly with how their relationship so is where it's at right now in the context of the Marvel Universe. Um, there's a lot of baggage, just a lot of feelings associated with it. And this also kind of feels like appropriate timing to be doing this recording because it's, you know, it's early May and we're, this is, it's been about a year since we last saw either of these characters on our screen. I mean, it's been a year since we've seen Wanda. It's been more than that since we've seen Vision, but it, it feels like, okay, now's the time. So essentially, to, yeah, kind of get into the whole cargo ship element. This, this designation really does fit here because Wanda and Vision are, by the nature of the way the Marvel Cinematic Universe works, They have shown up in multiple different properties, both shows, both movies, in very small amounts initially to progressing to them headlining their entire WandaVision show to then Wanda just being by herself in the following, you know, Doctor Strange movie. And there's just a lot of installments, very little bits and pieces at the beginning. But why I love this ship so much is partially because of the fact that they have been able to grow and kind of flourish over the course of multiple properties in a way that just feels like for once... Marvel actually was paying attention to a romantic subplot and and constantly like seeding it throughout the way, which I'm going to get into. And that's such a rarity, I'm going to be honest, that, that a romantic subplot continues. There are plenty of little teases here and there. You know, a famous one is Nat and Bruce in this same first movie that I'm going to get into in, in Age of Ultron that doesn't really ever go anywhere. But Wanda and Vision not only go somewhere, they end up becoming like the crux of one of the Avengers films. They have their own show. Like I said, it's... it's it's just such a rare occasion that I needed to shout it out, and I also just really enjoy them. So that is kind of where we're coming from with that. But I will, I will start with my meat cute with these particular two characters and and specifically this ship. You know, Vision, of course, is Var- Jarvis. Like, Paul Bettany plays Jarvis, who's the AI assistant to Iron Man. So he's been here in the Marvel Cinematic Universe from the get-go, literally from Iron Man in 2008, which was now 15 years ago. Crazy to think about. <laughs> but so he's been here all the way along. In Avengers Age Voltron, which is kind of the pivotal movie and the starting point for this ship, he becomes Vision. That is a, a moment in the a moment in the film that is honestly remains to this day one of my all-time favorites, because I just love how it, that that scene, there's so much going on that the Avengers kind of all realize, and Wanda is present for this scene. Um, they realize, like, oh, this is this is like a, a good guy. He is an ally. He, he can lift Thor's hammer, which is incredible. They're all expecting him to be villainous, and he's not. He's very peaceful. Like I just... Yeah, it's it's a fantastic moment. I love it, and so we've already seen like a partial arc for the characters plural that Paul Bettany has played, and then it again it comes to a head in Avengers: Age of Ultron because he finally gets a body. And what's significant about his first appearance as Vision to me is that I honestly didn't know it was coming at all. This was a time like 2015 was a time where I was certainly into Marvel, but I wasn't analyzing trailers in the same way. I certainly didn't watch like breakdown videos that mentioned comics. There's a moment where Vision's eyes kind of appear at the end of the, one of the trailers for Age of Ultron, and I completely missed that. So when he appeared in the movie, it was so delightful. And when it was Jarvis, which is, you know, a side character I'd already enjoyed from a franchise I loved, like from the Iron Man trilogy, to for him to then become like a bona fide character in the flesh, I was like, that's amazing oh my god and so that was such a pleasant surprise and so i've I've, I've been a vision fan all the way along he is one of my favorite characters in marvel in terms of how far he's come like he's got one of the best if not in my mind the best arc that we've seen across marvel because he's literally taken on so many different forms it's very cool um as i'll kind of get into more here but that movie was important for him and then we kind of look at the other half of the ship, Wanda, and she first gets teased in the post credit scene of Captain America, the Winter Soldier. It's her and her twin brother, Pietro. I think I had maybe, like, again, heard that there was these magical twins and that they were mutants that Fox X-Men movies are also trying to use. So they were just going to share Quicksilver but not use Wanda. And it was this whole weird rights arms race, kind of like this weird struggle for a while that meant that they couldn't say they were mutants in Marvel. But that, I do remember that kind of news story happening around the time that Age of Ultron was coming out, again, in 2015, like eight years ago. And I didn't have much of like a specific attachment to Wanda or anything like that. But as I, as I always do, went into the Next Avengers movie, looking forward to it. It was, yeah, this was almost exactly eight years ago, or if not exactly, it was this first week in May, and we were getting into, you know, that follow up. How is Marvel gonna follow up their first Avengers film from a few years, from three three years prior? And within this movie, Again, you get obviously meet Wanda. She starts out more villainous and transitions over the course of the film into joining the team. There's that kick-ass moment where she, Hawkeye gives her a little pep talk, and then she walks out the door in the final battle of Age of Ultron, and does that her arm sweep motion where she like using her energy, her power, she knocks out a bunch of the robots. It's great. It's used in the Marvel Studios logo for ages. I think before they updated it, they always used that shot of Wanda. It's fantastic. But the, the crazy part about this, like, these two characters, Wanda and Vision, as a ship, is that they they have such small moments in this first movie. So small. And if that's all it was, and it completely died on the vine, which, again, has happened time and time again across Marvel ships, across lots of other franchises and other movies, ships, and other shows, where there's just, like, a little bit of connection. And then you think, oh, are they going to do anything with it? And the answer is no. And you like, oh, well. I'm disappointed that wasn't the case here, as we'll get into. But truly, like, the the big definitive moment for Wanda and Vision, and it's really, like, one of the only moments, is right towards the end of this, um, the end of this first movie, which is, or this first movie, we're there together on screen, which is where, you know, I think Wanda had killed tried to, try to like, yank out the heart of Voltron because he had killed her brother and it was obviously she was grieving that and she was explaining like this is what it felt like you know when when her brother died and she like crushes Voltron's heart it's a pretty cool moment I'm not gonna lie but in all of this the floating city of Sokovia like it's to be plummeting down to earth and wanda has accepted her fate she's like i think in the rubble on a a train of some sort i want to say like a high-speed train and is not planning to like save herself or do anything and then you get old vision flying in swooping her up in that like bridal style lift and and then there's this moment where they like the way that the camera kind of like slows for a second they they look at each other and you kind of like the whole block eyes thing and it's so brief so brief and I, it's kills me that I actually can't remember if I noticed it on first viewing, but I'm going to like, I'm sure I did because I always look for these types of things as, as I'm sure any listener knows and any of any of my friends and any of my and Christina's friends know, like that's how we think. That's why we made this podcast. So I'm almost positive, if not certain that I did notice this kind of first look between them that, you know, hints at something more romantic. Um, but it's wonderful that it's there because it's, kind of just starting to plant the seeds they are certainly not main characters in Age of Ultron again they both kind of come into their own in that film but it's a movie about the Avengers there's tons of characters involved but they just they get this little teeny moment which prior to that they had a few scenes together but very minimal and they're usually in a group setting that might actually be their only moment where it's just the two of them but I I do remember a line where Wanda's like I looked into your head and like I saw Annihilation and And then Vision, like, look again, because she would, when Vision was still, like, in the cradle and it was getting set up that his organic form was going to be, like, inhabited by Ultron. I think that's, that's what Wanda's referring to. But, like, that's a line between them. But that's about it. There is not a lot between them. But this little look at the end, this rescue, like, oh, so good. And there's a YouTube video from, uh, like, everything, everything great about X movie here type of channel. I think it's called Cinema Wins. They talk about this. They literally he'll, he'll do little like freeze frames throughout the movies and for the Age of Ultron video, which we'll link to. He literally is like, Ooh, they're going to fall in love. And that was like one moment that I'm describing. Um, and why this is even more significant is because at some point in time, I'm assuming either right before Age of Ultron came out or sometime like shortly after I, I Came to find out that Vonda and Vision have quite a long comics history as a couple, and so I thought, "Huh, okay, so they are, you know, they are maybe kind of hinting at that." So that helps further. It wasn't—it wasn't like in the case of Nat and Bruce, which again I mentioned kind of becomes a thing in this. They they, they kiss, like it, it happens in this Age of Ultron movie, and then really nothing comes of that. in any other future appearances, so there's little mentions here and there, and I think Bruce is a little bit sad about that relationship kind of not happening, but it like it doesn't flourish in the way that Wanda and Vision eventually do. And so it's just kind of like a compare and contrast. But Nat and Bruce, as far as you know, also doesn't have like huge comics precedent with the way Wanda and Vision do. So I should have known all the way along that Wanda and Vision were probably poised to be a more successful pairing and were more likely to get screen time. Which they do, yeah, they kind of progressively get more, which I freaking love. But so we go we go from Age of Ultron. Like that's where we're at one little glance, maybe one or two brief sentences exchanged prior to that, that glance and that rescue, but that's about it, and then you fast forward, you know, a year, it's May of 2016, I was gonna say Avengers Civil War, that's a Freudian slip there, Captain America Civil War comes out, which is one of my all-time favorite Marvel movies, it's at, yeah, this moment in time, it's my, like, second favorite thing in Marvel, but it's my favorite movie, My favorite thing in Marvel is WandaVision, which mm, shouldn't be a surprise that I really like the ship. But in Civil War, there is, of course, lots going on as well. It's it's perhaps even busier of a movie than Avengers Age of Ultron, but it does take the time to include some small, slow scenes with Wanda and Vision. Like, there's the whole Popper Cash scene where she's kind of confined to the compound and Vision is keeping watch over her because they think Wanda is like, unfortunately a bit of, like, a liability right now and, like, a bad PR thing because she had the whole Lagos incident at the start of that movie where her powers kind of got out of control a little bit, accidentally killed some people. (laughs) Very sad. Started the whole Sokovia Accords. Like, there was a big inciting incident, so Wanda is being kind of like kept inside and Vision's with her and they're kind of cooking and there's a little bit of flirting but then there's also conversation about you know the Mind Stone in Vision's head and how the Mind Stone gives Wanda her powers and how there's like a connection between them and Vision saying how he wants people to see you know he wants people to see Wanda as he does and it's just it's like a single scene but it accomplishes quite a bit and in such a busy like packed movie as Civil War the fact that they again took time to include it feels promising and in the time in the moment also felt encouraging you're thinking hey you know like this could have been cut type of thing but it didn't because as we'll find out in the next movie it played a big role and developing it was important on the part of the you know russo brothers who directed that movie and then went on to direct two more appearances of or two more avengers movies but wanda and vision prominently featured in the next one um and the same writers of um, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely who were writing those movies they clearly prioritized including some further developments for Wanda and Vision so that when we see them in the next movie in Infinity War it makes sense and it's kind of a continued build but I, I just I just love that they include that and and then in Civil War there's more going on in terms of as is the name characters Avengers and such being on different sides of this ideological struggle and Wanda and Vision are on different sides and as a result (laughs) creates a lot of angst not gonna lie but one of my absolute favorite moments for them and I think it's kind of a really like really underrated moment happens just with Vision but it's in reference to Wanda And it's essentially this moment where We're kind of in the aftermath of the The battle between you know the two opposing Sides in that movie Tony And Vision are speaking because Rhodey had been accidentally shot out of the sky by Vision. Turns out Vision was aiming for Falcon. Rhodey is now going to be paralyzed. It's a whole thing, and I remember, and Tony says something to Vision, like to his AI creation, who is now becoming you know a humanoid, a synthesoid form, as we'll learn in WandaVision a couple of years down the line. But he's talking to him, being like, "Look, what happened, or whatever." in Vision, because he's like, "I became distracted," and then Tony's like, "I thought that wasn't even possible," and it just oh, like it just the fact that the reason that. You know the reason that Vision fucked up, which he he's like, how how would that happen? He's he's supposed to be this perfect being, is because he was he was tending to Wanda because that's that's the moment that it, it happens. He's like, I'm like, this is catastrophe. Like, I'm like, I'm sorry. And I think she says, I'm sorry too. And he's like kind of cradling her at the end of this literal civil war moment. And then he just looks up and shoots at the wrong person type of thing or Falcon dodges his, his bl- light, his beam, if I'm not mistaken. And it's just, I love what that implies that like Vision is becoming more human through developing feelings for Wanda and forming a relationship with her, in a way that was goes far beyond, like, what Tony, his creator, had ever expected. And so I I love that they use the relationship to kind of further his arc like that. And again, the romantic in me is just like, hmm, it's so good. So like, Civil War just has small, again, similar to Age of Ultron, it's just got small moments, but it's still building. Like, it's still kind of moving, moving the ball forward. And, oh, gosh. And there's just something about how these, these two are often put in scenes together, which further emphasizes that as side characters, their relationship is kind of getting the priority. Like their scenes are, like if either of them are in one of these movies, in one of these bigger team-up films, most of the time they are together. Which, again, romantic subplot person, really appreciate that because you know that screen time is limited. And because of that, the fact that most of their limited screen time is with each other, Bodes well and it and it does I'm, i think i'm like i'm worried that i'm forgetting something from civil war there's you know this whole thing of wanda saying she can't control her fear you know their fear only her own and she kind of like shoves vision into the floor when Hawkeye comes to join them but i feel like that happens in timeline i think that happens before the actual battle battle I don't remember where they, how they part ways at the end of Civil War, and, I'm, and maybe it'll come back to me, but it does kind of segue us into, you know, flash forward another couple years. This time it's, you know, April, late April of 2018, and it's now the next Avengers movie, so it's now Infinity War, and we're seeing Wanda and Vision again. And this, this one here really, like Infinity War, I think really, really is the standout for these two as a ship in a way that, like, feels... On the surface, like a very bold choice for the writers and directors saying, like, we are going to make like one of the emotional cruxes of this film be related to this relationship that we have only devoted like small amounts of screen time, like very small. I think people have added up like the minutes, and it's something ridiculously low, like on only less than 20 or something, something like that, across the previous movie appearances. And but it but it freaking works. I I, again maybe there's differing opinions on that, but. I personally believe, like, I totally bought it. And then on on rewatch of Infinity War, their whole journey in that film is one of the most emotional parts for me, like, constantly. Oh, gosh. But we can kind of get into it because finally we're getting more for Wanda and Vision. Again, I love, love love that they progressively get more content. It's like they knew what they were doing with them, which, again, does not always happen with romantic subplots. So I like to acknowledge it when it actually is done well. And so you feel like as a fan who's invested in these two characters And their budding relationship You feel like you're being rewarded Because like hey you like these two Let's give them a couple more scenes in Civil War And then hey let's give them some pretty big scenes In you know in Infinity War And then hey let's give them a whole freaking show Like it's just it continues to escalate Which is the opposite of things like our Abandoned ships episode you know It's the opposite of what happens with Newton and Tina In the Fantastic Beast series And why that one was so frustrating as a fan Wanda division Vision is so rewarding up until, you know, the very end, which is a whole baggage thing we'll get into in this recording. Um, But it's up up until that stage, it's very rewarding because they're just constantly building. And so Infinity War, it's, you know, jumps ahead in time. I think in the timeline, it's supposed to be about two years after the events of Civil War, if I'm not mistaken, like, it's been a little while. Avengers, some of them are really broken up, as we've seen. Um, and it becomes apparent throughout their, one of the first scenes together, that Wanda and Vision have been kind of, like, sneaking out to each other. Wanda's been on the run, like, she gets broken out of the raft by, um, as I'm, now I'm remembering, Wanda gets broken out of the raft by the end of Civil War. And we see that Wanda and Vision have been, like, having little moments, little rendezvous, essentially, I think they're in Edinburgh. I don't know if they meet up elsewhere or whatnot, but they keep like sneaking out. Like Wanda will will kind of sneak in and out. Vision will kind of sneak in and out of, of working with Tony and things. And it's because they just wanted to like find each other. <laughs> it's great. And they mention in the movie, like it's been a few years of them doing this. And it is a little bit of catch-up. Like I know some complaints I've heard people say is that like, wait a second, last time we saw these two, they were just kind of awkwardly flirting in civil war. And now they're basically living together. Like what's happening here? And to that I say, just take it. Okay, just just appreciate that they're actually acknowledging that time has passed and the relationship has progressed, even if we haven't seen it. And what's crazy about all of this, too, is the fact that when, down the line, you know, WandaVision, the show got announced, it hadn't been confirmed initially, but when in the timeline it was going to take place. And a lot of the thought was that it was actually going to be showing the two years that Wanda and Vision basically became like a bona fide couple, I'm really glad that it wasn't because we got a lot richer of a story as a result. But that would have been really cool too to see. Okay, how what was their progression of their relationship in those two years? Are we filling in those gaps essentially? And and um, we didn't do that. And we'll we'll get into again what one division actually accomplishes. But this window of time from Civil War to Infinity War is is a kind of a big unknown. And you have—they're—they're they're asking you, the audience, as you watched *Infinity War* and you watch the scenes with Wanda and Vision. They're asking you to kind of buy into the fact that yes, the relationship has progressed. They have prioritized each other, and it's really lovely. And it makes the rest of their scenes work in the movie. I feel, but essentially. You see evolution in the form of, like, Vision taking on a human form sometimes so that they can kind of engage with each other in public, which is nice, um, and not be regarded as, you know, being being a problem, and they can just be looked at as, like, normal people. They don't have to be, like, tracked down as Wanda on the run. And they, like, uh, the little moment right before the big fight scene happens is them preparing to part ways. I think they're looking at train times, and, and then, what was it? Like, Vision's like, you know, what if I... Like what if I, I miss that train? And then Wanda's like, Oh, I get the next one. He's like, What if I miss that train? What if I missed all the trains? And she's talking about, you know, I you know, you gave Stark your word and he's like, I'd rather give it to you. And he's he gets all nervous and he's like, I'm I'm he's like, Wanda, for two years you've stolen these moments. And he's like, I'm I'm gonna say it, I think it works. And she's like, Yeah, it works and it's so lovely. And so he wants her to stay and and like them to kind of stay together. And then in that moment he gets like uh oh no, he doesn't get stabbed. Wanda he sees on the TV screen like over Vision's shoulder that like New York New York was attacked Tony's missing, and that moment is so heartbreaking because Vision's like N- or or not if you know I overstepped and I just I feels so bad for the man I'm like oh my gosh that's so like oh he feels like he like, took a risk and it's being shot down but in reality it's really just that he you know. He's, he's asking at a time that ends up being inopportune because they're literally about to get attacked. But even then, you know, you go into this fight, the whole fight is Wanda trying to protect him. And at one point in time, Vision's like, go, you're like, gotta get out of here. And she's like, you asked me to stay. I'm staying. Like she's, she's with him the whole time. It's wonderful. And for their scenes from here, progress into, okay, they're saved by the Avengers, you know, or the, I should say the subset of the Avengers. They go back to Avengers headquarters, They recognize that Vision is a target in this movie from Thanos. You know, he wants all the Infinity Stones. Vision has the Mind Stone. And Thanos is, you know, he's going to have to kill Vision. That's kind of the thing. And they're trying to work out what's the way in which they can prevent that from happening. Vision himself, being the noble man that he is, talks about how, you know, He's like, I've been thinking about how, you know, we could probably destroy this with a similar energy signature or like something that was made from the same molecular structure. He's getting into some terms, basically saying like Wanda has powers from the Mind Stone. He has the Mind Stone. He thinks she can destroy it. And, and she's like, that's too high a price. And he's like, only you would have to pay it. And it's this moment of, she's like, that, you know, like, we're not talking about this. This is not an option. Captain America jumps in being like, we don't trade lives, Vision. So it leads to them figuring out, okay, we need another solution. And it leads to the tie-in of all the, all the Wakandans, which I really, really appreciate. That was a very smooth integration. But it's basically like, hey, who can do this? Who can solve this problem? Let's try to check out, you know, Shuri and Wakanda. Cap knows these people from the events of Civil War like it's really good writing it's made by the same again these movies are made by the same people so it all does really track but it, it it basically makes it so that Wanda you realize that like again Wanda and Vision are kind of hidden like prominent characters in this Avengers movie this massive movie with so many things going on their relationship and the fact that like Wanda's not willing to kill him at this point and Vision proposes this and she's like absolutely not there, it it moves the plot forward, brings them to a brand new location where there's an army that they can work with, where there's a scientist that they can work with, like... And that's all because Vision and his Mind Stone and Wanda and Vision's relationship and the fact that someone within the Avengers cares for Vision enough to say, like, no, we're not, you know... We're not just killing you. We're not just sacrificing you. We're not letting you sacrifice yourself, like... And that the relationship has progressed to such a point that, like, she... This is, like, a real point of discussion for them. Like, I... so rich and again i I can't emphasize enough how how little screen time is actually devoted to them even across these three movies so far and so we we get to we get to the scene with shuri who whom i love she's also one of my favorite characters in terms of her arc but we get to a scene where she's kind of proposing you know i think we can solve this problem i think we can get all the best parts of like say they mentioned earlier that you know vision's made up of a lot of things and one of his just i'm not gonna lie that's why i love him he's so cool <laughs> he's got such a cool backstory and in a, in a makeup like it's so interesting um but they're saying like you know maybe the best parts of vision can be preserved if we take out the mind stone and she's like yeah i think i can do it but it's gonna take time so then that's when the whole wakandan army starts you know being, being teaming up with the Avengers essentially to, they're really defending Vision. Like that's basically what the whole start of the third act battle is, which is again, crazy. It's Vision. He's such a minor character initially, and he becomes so important to this film in so many ways. And all of this, you know, becomes a thing of Wanda waiting in the whole lab. As Shuri's working on Vision, the battle is starting on the fields of Wakanda and Wanda's hanging out there, not engaging in the battle because her role is to, the second the Mind Stone is out of Vision, like successfully separated from him, she's supposed to like blow it up, destroy it. But, you know, the the team that Thanos is working with, cleverly, I'll be honest, tries to draw out Wanda to leave Vision unprotected and defenseless. And it works, like she has to enjoy the battle, leave him behind. Shuri doesn't get a chance to finish. It's a whole, like, she doesn't get to solve the problem. The Mind Stone is definitely still in Vision battles escalating and we basically everything kind of devolves to a point where they genuinely are losing like the avengers are losing and we've got a scene in which it's like thanos has i think he's at this point got almost all the stones yeah at this point he does he literally has all the stones except for the time the mind stone which is the very last one he needs like on the back of his palm to complete his six stone infinity gauntlet and wanda and vision are you know they're there in those in the forest it's this moment of vision being like we are out of time like and explaining like there's this recognition that she like wanda needs to do the thing she needs to she needs to kill him like she needs to blow up that stone like the literal fate of the universe is in her hands she's the only one powerful enough to do it and so she does and it's like <laughs> so she does and it's so beautiful and so sad and the music is so good and there's this lines of dialogue between the two of them particularly from Vision as he's like getting destroyed is like <laughs> I'm like getting emotional even thinking about it cause it's so good Again, so powerful in such a short amount of time, but it's basically him saying, like, you know, you know, you could never hurt me. Like, I just feel you. And as he's about to be destroyed, he's like, "I love you," and it's just so sweet. And Wanda's like crying and like exerting herself to the fullest extent to destroy the Mind Stone with one hand and fend off Thanos with five Infinity Stones on the other hand. This was an indication, by the way, that anyone that didn't think Wanda was like a powerful character was like. She's pretty powerful. Look at what she's doing. She's literally dealing with all of the infinity stones by herself right now, but she does it. And it's so sad and so hor- horrifying. You get this like big yellow explosion. Cause the mind stone breaks apart and she succeeds. And it's so upsetting. And that prick Thanos is like, ah, oh, you know, you know, it's, I've been there too. I had to like kill my daughter. It's very sad, but you know, there's no, there's no time for like mourning or something like that. Actually, there's like no time at all. And he, uses the mind stone to reverse to rewind time to bring vision back together for like one second and then horribly grabs him by the neck and like completely rips the mind stone out of his head puts it in his gauntlet kills vision he's at this gray horrible looking lifeless form so sad like it's so it's like wanda finally went through all of this only for it to completely be a moot point like rough the end of the movie is Wanda hanging kind of over... Or I should say the end of her part of the movie is Wanda over Vision's lifeless form. The gray form with a gaping hole in his head. Which will come back in WandaVision. Oh my god. And... And then as, like, looking... People have said that she basically looks almost, like, at peace or relieved when she blips. Because she gets... She kind of gets the dust... She gets roped into the... the Half of the universe disappears with Thanos' snap. And she kind of, like, looks up and breathes, like, an... She has, like, an exhale as she kind of looks up. as she's over, like, leaning... Cradling vision. and, And then turns to dust. And it's it's... People have read that as... And I like this interpretation, honestly. That she's relieved that she's also going to because losing him was so devastating. And it's just like, oh, yeah, that's, that's tough. But that whole sequence is so emotional and so effective. And it's truly like the crux of the film. It's the final infinity stone. And I just go back to this being such a bold choice to assign that significance to these two characters that have barely had any screen time, but I don't think a second of it has been wasted. And that, that economic storytelling is something that I find really Admirable for writers and like for for filmmakers. I'm like, wow, look at you guys go! Like, I bought into this completely. They've barely had any screen time. And a comparison that I I wanted to bring up again on this episode because I mentioned it in our way back in our very first episode with the Eternals is that I kind of viewed. Wanda and Vision is a similar sort of scenario to um, Drew and Macari in Eternals, where they've got like two minutes of screen time together in that movie, but I see a lot of potential in them. And I think that if they, you know, got the Wanda and Vision treatment of appearing in multiple other movies in small ways and having the majority of their scenes be with each other, that they could flourish into something incredible and that they could carry their own show or movie the way that Wanda and Vision end up doing and so I, I like those comparisons, but let's, like Wanda envisioned it at first, I want more Druga Macari, but like that's not the focus of this episode. But I did want to just tie that back in again because it, it is an interesting scenario in which like the chemistry and the, the writing is so effective in such limited screen time that you are happy to see more of them. It's not like, oh, too much of a good thing. Like you are really appreciating getting to learn more about them. With Wanda and Vision, we then move into, you know, another year later. It's Avengers Endgame time. It's, you know, late April of 2019. One of my biggest qualms with Marvel is that Vision, like Paul Bettany, is not at all in Endgame. Um, And I get why. Like, he then, he needs to play a role in WandaVision. But I'm just really sad because it means that he's not listed in the credits of this movie when, Almost everyone else in the MCU is like truly almost everyone else, whether it's because of their appearance in the final battle or their appearance at Tony Stark's funeral. Spoiler. Um, but Vision's not. And he's like one, Paul Bettany's one of the OG people in the MCU. He's one of the only people still in the MCU from, you know, going from like Iron Man 2008, like I said, up until now. And I was really sad that he wasn't in the like big culmination film. Because the story didn't make it work that way, and so that's too bad. But there's there's not a whole ton to say about Wanda and Vision in this story because Wanda herself only appears in the final battle because she was flipped. But again, the moments that Wanda appears are all still linked to Vision. Like her her big moment of kind of taking Thanos one on one is she's like, "You took everything from me." and obviously what that's implying is that moment that I just talked about in infinity war. So, and that's when she's like at her most powerful in terms of basically almost defeating Thanos solo, like very impressive. And then another, you know, another scene that we get with, with Wanda, like another small, like a smaller scene with her after Tony's funeral in end game is her talking to Clint and Clint, them both kind of saying like how, you know, he's like, I wish there was a way we could tell them that, you know, that, that we won because he's referring to Natasha who, who died earlier in end game, and then, obviously, he's also referring to Vision, who died in Infinity War. And, you know, Wanda doesn't even... Like, Vision's not even mentioned by name in Endgame, but because it's been established already that most of Wanda's arc, most of her scenes have been with him so far, which, again, some people might say is a bad thing, I think is really beautiful. Um, it, it's clear that that's what she's talking about. And she's like, they know. Like, it's 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 great. And that's why we leave her in Endgame. And so we go from there, you know, again, this is the story of this podcast is that these characters, they just have had small moments here and there appearances and team up films at this point, four times over for Wanda. Vision has three team up film appearances in relation to her. But we get into the acknowledgement that Wanda and Vision, there've been rumblings about this, that, you know, there was going to be a new streaming service for Disney With Disney Plus, you know, take your cast your mind back to, you know, late 2018 to early 2019, talking about how Disney's gonna do this streaming service. Marvel is going to start doing shows that are made by the same people that make movies and that they're actually going to be linked. And one of the shows that they're gonna do was about, you know, Vision and Wanda. And eventually it's called WandaVision. And I mentioned earlier that at the time that this was kind of hitting the trades and was being announced, we didn't know when this story was gonna take place. The assumption was, like I said, that it was going to be kind of covering the time period where they kind of fell in love between civil war and infinity war so imagine my delight then and surprise that come you know san diego comic con 2019 so just a few months after endgame and you know that that moment where wanda acknowledges you know that vision probably knows that they won and she's she's lost him and he's not in the movie like i just said it gets confirmed that WandaVision, the show that's starring them, is going to be taking place post Endgame. And I think at that point in time, I was what? Like, so does that mean like our what? How are we bringing him back? Like, I'm immediately interested and I'm kind of like, okay. So now, and is this pushing the story forward as opposed to like doing more of a prequel, like filling in the gaps type of thing? And love, that. I, there's so much mystery surrounding Vision's inclusion in this show. You've got me hooked. So right off the bat, I was I was destined to love WandaVision. Like just destined and the existence of the show kind of further solidified my affection for it because we get what we get is just so incredible. It's essentially we get an entire nine episode series taking place again. Now we're fast forwarding another year and a half. This is 20, this is 2021 January. It's Marvel's been shuttered for a year and a half because of COVID because of their natural break. Anyways, we're starting a brand new era of Marvel and Wanda and Vision are the ones to kick it off. So we get a show featuring side characters as the leads, which is already unheard of in Marvel and so delightful. And something that I'm actually really happy that they've started to do in the last few years is bring side characters to the forefront. And we get such a unique, nuanced and emotional story about Wanda kind of coming to terms with the grief of having lost vision amongst many other people in her life and realizing that despite how powerful she is she can't keep him and she can't like keep this life that she tries to create with him via this sitcom reality which is kind of the structure of this show is she in all her sadness ends up actually inadvertently enslaving a town and kind of having them live out her sitcom dreams and visions with her and then she recreates vision using her own chaos magic and it's again, indicates how powerful she is, but really the whole point of WandaVision is to kind of get Wanda to a point of acceptance. And it's, it's just so beautifully well done. And it's packaged in such a fun show that really commits to the sitcoms that they're trying to emulate while also having some eerie vibes and a lot of mystery and a lot of just fun little romantic moments too between them that, again, it's pretty much, it was pretty much inevitable that I was going to love this show. And it is, like I said, my favorite thing. My, like my favorite show that Marvel's done my favorite project that Marvel's done and I I, I still love it to this day I have seen a couple of the episodes like more than 10 times at this stage I wrote an entire blog about them I like I, I just love that show and I what I kind of want to just mention here because of there's just some cute stuff. Is I, I want to kind of get into a few of their fun little more domestic moments because it's the first time that we really get to luxuriate in those. Especially in the early episodes of Wandavision, we get to see them just being a married couple, like hosting Vision's boss for dinner, and we get to see the little flirty moments between them. We get to see them having, you know, a trying to fit in in the world like being a new couple and seeing what that's what that's like recognizing that they are kind of unusual as like a witch and as a synthezoid and we get to then see them become parents which is really lovely and we get truly one of my favorite small quiet moments between them um one when their twins are born where Wanda like has the the first child I think if I remember correctly, they don't know that they're having twins, of course. Um, but Wanda has the first baby and vi- and visions in his kind of human looking form, which he is throughout a lot of WandaVision because he's interacting with, pup- with people. And then at home, he switches back to his synthesoid, like red face, but he's with the baby and, w- and Wanda tells him, he's like, don't you want to like meet your son as yourself? And it's just like such a sweet moment of him then transitioning back into his vision form and kind of cradling the little baby and it's a little Tommy and it's oh like it's it's just so sweet and domestic and they you you really buy their love and their relationship throughout WandaVision for sure and again I argue that you at least for me I I bought it already in Infinity War and perhaps even earlier than that but WandaVision completely solidifies it because it it just gives you time to see how they would in how they would be as a married couple and as parents and I just the fact that we got an entire show to see that is crazy to me in a superhero franchise and why WandaVision, another reason why WandaVision is so special to me. So it's just like, again, when have we gotten an entire project devoted to a relationship? Like pretty much, not pretty much never, never in Marvel. Like, so that's yeah, it's just amazing. I love that, and I think again, the creatives saw that there's a lot of potential there in this in this dynamic, and a lot of a lot of nuance and oh gosh that you can mine about them. And throughout this show, you know, it becomes apparent that there's some gaslighting going on. Unfortunately, as Wanda realizes how much control she actually has over this town, she's not really letting Vision in, and that creates strife between them. And it becomes revealed throughout this this show essentially that. Wanda created a new version of Vision that doesn't have any memories of their life before Westview, like which is the town that she enslaves. He doesn't remember that. But he, you know, remembers being her, he doesn't remember how they met or fell in love. He remembers being, obviously being her husband and, and them having children together and living in this town and all of that. He doesn't remember how they came to be. But you get this nice moment in one of the later episodes where uh, Darcy Lewis, who's included in WandaVision from the Thor franchise, she pops in. And actually, if you've listened to one of her earlier episodes, I talk about Darcy in the context of an abandoned ship with Jimmy Woo, but whatever. Um, but she gives Vision a bit of like a recap of what Wanda went through. This Vision, who doesn't have those memories. like She gives him this recap, and it's very it's very interesting to see him be like, holy smokes, like she's gone through a lot. Like, oh my gosh. Like for, you know, for Wanda, it was only like weeks ago that she lost me because she, she disappeared in the blip too. And it was all these things like him, him recognizing how much trauma she's endured and in such like a short amount of time. And he kind of understands now why, He gains more perspective on why this whole incident with the town even happened initially out of her control. And she's trying to hold on to something that she does not have anymore. and was so like tragically ripped away from her. And she's so powerful that she actually can, you know, bring her love back and recreate, you know, recreate or create a life that she never got to have with him. And so this, that conversation and Vision kind of getting brought up to speed happens in the seventh of nine episodes. And then you get the, you know, you get episode eight, which is the penultimate one, of course. And it's a really, you know, a big one for showing Wanda's journey and kind of her backstory. But because it's more of a flashback episode, it includes a lot more like emotionally significant moments that lead that lead to Wanda being so upset that she creates this town and or that she creates this this hex around the town and it's, whew, like there's there's a moment that you see which I think I am really glad that they included in this kind of flashback episode there's a moment that's meant to take place sometime I sometime after the events of Age of Ultron it's in the Avengers compound Wanda and Vision are are it kind of shows a little bit of a bonding moment but I think like for if you had watched all these movies that I've already talked about, and if you watched all, you know, all of WandaVision up to this point, and you for some reason still didn't buy that Wanda and Vision were in love and that, like, why they even got together in the first place, I think if you watch this scene, this flashback scene at Avengers Compound, there's no denying at that point. Like, makes sense why they're together and why she fell in love with him, and it's it's talking about, you know... It's Wanda seeking comfort from sitcoms, which is a theme throughout the show. But she is, in this moment in time, really, really grieving her brother. It's very fresh. That's her, one of her biggest losses in her life. It's the most recent one, for sure. Her parents perished, which we also saw in this episode when she was younger. But now she has, like, fought with the Avengers, but just lost her brother, who is her, her twin. Like, it's very, obviously a very big deal for her. And Vision kind of comes in and is able and is able, by just being himself, by being, like an amazing synthesizer like being this just amazing character he ends being so insightful and wise that he's able to provide her with kind of a different way of thinking about loss that she never had and being able to be present with her and comfort her without ever like overstepping or making it all about him or anything like it's just it's so magnificent and this is the line that he says is just really making the rounds on twitter once it happened which is you know he tells her you know what but what is grief if not love persevering? And he's describing, you know, that he's basically reframing her loss in a way that I think really does help her heal and move on. And there have been so many people online saying the same thing about their own lives. They're like, that line really helped me. And I'm like, that's so wonderful. <laughs> of course it came from vision. He's the best. But I actually really, really enjoy the line that he has to Wanda right before this big famous line where he's talking about, you know, I've, you know, I've never experienced loss because I've never had, like, a loved one to lose. And at that point in time, they're not, you know, in love yet. But it it's so poignant to see him say this at this moment because, you know, from, like, then on out, they are in love. And they, it becomes the whole thing. And it's, oh, uh, and it further hammers home why the loss of Vision in Infinity War was so devastating to Wanda. Like, it makes sense. It wasn't an overreaction on her part. It wasn't an unbelievable romance. Like, it all works. And I just, mm. WandaVision as a show makes Infinity War a lot more emotional for me to watch. Like it was already effective, but have, I remember re-watching Infinity War the night before the Wandavision finale. So a few days after this moment had happened in episode eight. And that was a mess. I was like, whoa, that is poof. This is already a good, you know, already a good dynamic in this movie, in this movie. And now with all the added context of the show, and in particular this kind of flashback that showed when they first fell in love, like God, crying buckets. Like it was just, mm. so I I think like WandaVision does a fantastic job of capitalizing on everything that came before over the course of this, you know, multi-movie journey as side characters and really made them deserving of being leads in this show. And in the end of this show, we get, you know, the final episode, we see Wanda and Vision kind of forgive each other. It in terms of like Wanda not telling him when she found out that she was in control and Vision being like "Yep, yeah, no it's okay they're working together to save their save all the people to save their, their children it's a great team up there's a lot of action which is unusual for the show and was kind of a departure but it was still fun like I have no qualms with that but what really is the it's really the kicker in the episode nine like in the finale of WandaVision is just everything that comes with the like denouement essentially Uh, it's not it's not even it's just like the emotional climax of this film is her like Wanda having to accept that she can't keep this reality in place she needs to let go of these children that she's created and bonded with she definitely needs to let go of Vision she's gonna have to do it all in one fell swoop which is so sad and then free all these people like that's the right thing to do and you've spent nine episodes watching this journey so it, it makes sense but this whole beautiful extended sequence um which starts with Wanda and Vision in the like Chaos of the town square, where all the action with Agatha and Hayward and all these other villains and things have happened, you get Wanda and Vision walking home with their kids, and you get this this beautiful extended musical sequence of I get the score is Christoph Beck's score, and this moment is fantastic. But you you just get like it's I I have a lot of attachment to this this particular sequence in this show because I start crying essentially like first time I watched it I started crying this the second that vision's like you know I know you'll set everything right you know just not for us and then like should we set? should we head home and it becomes apparent in that moment that you know this journey that Wanda's been on has brought her to a point where like she's she's ready to let go and like <laughs> it's crazy it's like they oh they've done so much work over the course of the show to to make you believe that she's gotten there, and that so you feel so sad for her, and vision's so common understanding about it all, and like, oh, and he's so intuitive and they say goodbye to their children, and you get a little bit more adorable moments of them being parents, and oh, and then you get a a solo moment of them down, you know, down in the living room of their home, and there's a little bit more kind of like sweet little flirting moments between them, there's this moment of Vision being like, I read somewhere that it's, you know, bad luck to say goodbye in the dark, so he like turns on the light that Wanda had already turned off, and she's like, no you didn't, he's like, no, i didn't i just you know perhaps i just wanted to see you clearly and it's like mm, just little stuff like that and then from there we have you know kind of a final conversation between them about like vision wanting to know what form is he wanda explaining you know he, she's she's the he's the piece of the mind stone that lives in her you know the body of blood and wire and all these different things and all she's like my sadness my hope she's like but mostly you're my love and it's again you freaking buy it of course you do if you again if you have watched all of these movies and have watched WandaVision and you watch the scene and you don't believe it like I guess the ship's not for you then honestly because I I don't know what else they could do to make you buy into it because it's just oh it's so wonderful and then it makes it so that Vision gets into this kind of explanation of, you know, I, have, you know, I've been a voice with no body. I have been like a body, but not human. And now I'm like a memory made real, who knows what I might be next. And it's just like, holy shit, that's amazing. Um, and they have this exchange of, you know, we've, you know, we've said goodbye before. So it stands to reason, like, we'll say hello again. And like, oh, this whole sequence is masterful to me. Like I, again, I have such a strong affection for it. I, also love to know that jack schaefer who's the show like the head writer for Division and has now led gone into a couple other spinoff shows she knew like she's like this ending like this part she had all the way along and i was like of course you did because it's perfect like it's so earned and i just mm. it's so emotional and it just it totally works there's even a moment where like vision had like sheds a tear which if i'm not mistaken is i think like a big significant thing in the comics of like the robot can cry and so you get this fantastic goodbye sequence, and then he he disintegrates. The whole town disintegrates. Wanda's left in the like empty plot of land that Vision had. You, we found out I forgot about this. We found out earlier in the show that Vision had bought this plot of land for them in Westview for them to grow old in together. And there's this little map with a little to grow old in with a little heart around it from from V. And it's just like mm, I, I I have a friend who bought that as a pillow, and I'm like I, I need that like it's just so everything about them works. And at that point you've watched the whole show and you have Wanda getting to this point, you recognize Vision's gone and you're just like, Whoa, the one wrinkle, not even wrinkle, but one of the like curious parts about this is the fact that there is another form of vision who comes into the fray, who doesn't have Wanda's memories or doesn't have any of these memories, has no connection to Wanda. Who is the white version of vision that's created by Hayward and Sword and all these villainous folks? That happens later in the season. And we A, don't have Wanda know that he's even still on the table, but B, it's never shown that Wanda is aware that before he parts ways, like this white vision parts ways with the vision we know and love. He gets all of the memories unlocked. And we don't know what that means for the Wanda and Vision in the future. We don't know if that means they're going to reunite at all. You'd almost expect maybe they do. And as at the time of recording this, obviously they haven't reunited, and but the possibility is technically still there. But what makes this my cargo ship and makes it there being a lot of baggage is the last piece to talk about in the whole journey of Wanda and Vision. And that's the most recent installment of, you know, a story with Wanda in it which came out, again, pretty much exactly a year ago now, early May of 2022, which is um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which is a sequel movie to, obviously, the first Doctor Strange. And it prominently features Wanda as not, you know, a Doctor Strange ally, but prominently features her as a villain in that film. And as anyone who knows me and my opinions about Marvel will know, I've got insanely, con- like, conflicted feelings um, about Multiverse of Madness um I I don't even really I don't even I don't even really want to get into them here because I think I don't even know how to do it it's essentially I think they completely destroyed Wanda's character arc and I think they completely disregarded all the work that Wanda as a show did and they retreaded a lot of the same ground in a far less nuanced way and a, just a, like just in a repetitive way at the base level alone it's boring and repetitive and at its worst it's character assassination so but it again it it makes it so that wanda and vision are a like a cargo ship for me because i after multiverse of madness after the what happens to wanda in that movie where she becomes kind of an irredeemable villain like truly and she also doesn't spend any time in the movie trying to find a world with vision in it. She's trying to find her kids again, but, like, screw vision. It's made it so that I don't know, as a fan of these two, and it's clear that I've spent an hour talking about them, I am a huge fan of these two characters, that I don't know if I want them to reunite. I don't know if I want the version of Wanda that we are left with, if she's even still alive by the end of that movie, because even that's not clear. I don't know if I want her and this like white vision that we have yet to see again. I don't know if I want them to get back together or, or even like me. I, I don't know if it's going to, it's, it's kind of, I will forever hate multiverse of madness for tarnishing the idea of Wanda and vision saying hello again, truly. Cause I don't know if I want it because it's not the Wanda that I've spent multiple movies and a whole show falling in love with as a character. It's this very one note villain that I don't have a big connection to anymore and i'm i'm very sad that they did that to her vision himself is still preserved because he's not in this movie at all but again the fact that he's not in this movie at all was like a glaring omission to a lot of people because he's a huge part of wanda's story up until you know up until now and i just yeah there's just a lot that this 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 final so far final appearance of wanda like it does a lot of damage in a way that makes me feel sad about one of my favorite chips in Marvel. And I think the way I've, in the last year, that I've tried to cope with it is kind of ignore it. I, I just pretend that this movie didn't happen. I don't consider it as part of their arc. I view their love stories having finished in WandaVision. And I'm like, makes sense. It's more of a, and, and honestly, that would work. Because again, we have no idea when we're seeing Wanda again. And for the longest time, we also had no idea if when we'd see Vision again. But then some a wrinkle came into that a wrinkle was added as well with that back in the fall when there was kind of rumors going around that there was going to be like a, another, WandaVision spinoff show made by the same people. Um, there's already an Agatha <laughs> spinoff show, so that's that's uh, filming and happening. But there was rumors that there was going to be a show called Vision Quest about White Vision regaining you know memories and humanity and figuring like finding out his humanity. And I, as someone, as, we, as I said at the start of this episode. Loves Vision is one of my favorite characters Delighted to hear that Super excited about that I Don't know If I want Wanda Even at all Anywhere near that show Again I don't know if I want The Wanda that we're left with If she's even still alive From the Doctor Strange sequel I don't necessarily know If I want her in the White Vision show Maybe Vision should be On his own now Because Again The, the, the fact that They managed to Turn me off of the idea Of a reunion Between two of my favorite characters After such like a Poignant goodbye feels like a huge sin on the part of that film. And so that's why, again, baggage in the sense that there's just a lot to consider across all the different appearances between these two characters and the fact that we have differing forms of characters. We've got, like, multiversal Wanda's. We've got Vision in different embodiments. You know, now he's got the white version version and his hex version and his original version. Like, we've seen, like, three different Visions. It's a complicated ship in that fact. And it's complicated for me because of the most recent portrayal of one half of the ship. So at this point in time, and maybe maybe there'll be an addendum if we fast forward a few years and the Vision Quest show comes out or we see Wanda appear somewhere else in the meantime or in that show and it's, you know, the creators of WandaVision work their magic again and get me to believe in them as like a reunited ship, if that's what makes sense for the character. Maybe I'll do an addendum to this episode. But at this moment in time... I'm I'm okay with them actually not reuniting. I like to think of their story as having finished in one and I think that this whole situation kind of goes to show that when you build off of projects, it can work really, really well. as is the case of Infinity War building off of everything from everything being, you know, tiny scenes in um, Age of Ultron and Civil War, and then WandaVision Division building off of all of that. So it can work really, really well, but it can when it goes bad, it can really go bad, which is what happens when Multiverse of Madness kind of ignored a lot of the arc that Wanda went on in the show with Vision. So I think it's kind of an interesting case study of hey, in both directions, this multi, you know, this 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 universe that Marvel has created for itself, this interconnected universe, it can really enhance. A romantic subplot and it can bring them to the forefront in a way that feels very earned and is very rewarding and satisfying and then it can unfortunately also undercut all of that so it's it's just it, that's why again these this is my cargo ship because I just I got very mixed feelings about them this moment in time in 2023 I hope that that changes and if it never does then I will just cast my mind back to 2021 when I felt amazing about them as a, as a ship so that's where I will leave it here. And then I'm going to f- jump into the future with, you know, when Christina and I can record our what type of ship is this, but that's where I'll leave it for now. Thank you for sitting with me on, on this solo episode. I was a little nervous to start it, but I once kind of got into talking about this ship. I realized I'm like, there's a lot to get into. <laughs> so thank you for sticking with me for that. Bye. Bye. Welcome back to this last little section of episode nine of Ships Ahoy. I am now finally joined by Christina again. Hey.
1: I'm here. Yay. Thanks for being back. Welcome to another episode of Ships Ahoy. Not really, though. Just a portion of Ships Ahoy. Just me. Yeah. (laughs) To, to the what ship is it parts of ships a exactly the
0: tr- I, I honestly really appreciate you doing this section with me cuz i i think no. it would just be painful for listeners for me to just struggle through like trying to generate ideas for myself on the spot
1: so honestly i've i've missed it like when i was listening to you i cuz i dutifully listened to your entire recording when i was editing um <laughs> Like I, I kind of missed being on there because you said some things and I was like, oh, that's such a good point. But then I realized I wasn't reacting in real time. That's so it fair. Kind of it's, not,
0: it's not recorded. Yeah.
1: No, it's not the same. It's not the same. I was like, I could record myself an overlay, but that'd be weird. That, so. <laughs> that is that would be some <laughs> fancy editing if you got to that. Point. I know it's too much for me, guys. I'm not. I'm not an editing expert. We're not at that all. fancy. Okay, so well, Jill, I've done my research. Yes. I've done my homework. I listened <laughs> to your recording. In full, again, it made me feel the feels for Wanda and Vision, good. even though, like, personally, I don't feel strongly about yeah. them in general. I saying, but they you did a, a good job. They
0: weren't a big one for you, yeah.
1: So I have been thinking about it. Okay. About my answer to what type of ship they are. Mm-hmm. And I guess I cheat a little bit in this one because I had some lead up time and it's not like our spontaneous. That's, that's true. Three you episodes. could think about it more. Uh huh. Um, but I've been thinking, because you were talking a lot about, you know, how they're always, like, present, they're always there, but they're kind of... Like, it's like a slow-moving ship, but it's a ship. Like, it's a strong ship. Yeah. So I was thinking, like, a naval steamship. You know, mm. like, if you think back to the early old ones. Yeah. They're, like... They're old-fashioned, because they're old. Yeah. And they're big, and they're slow, but they're... In the right hands, they can be really valuable and powerful. You know, mm. like, back in their era, they were very powerful ships. Yeah. Um, and they're also, like they're kind of clunky so like if you try to steer them in a different direction things kind of go haywire and i think that's kind of what happened with like mm. um dr strange yeah. where it's like now you know you were going like northbound on your <laughs> ship and then all of a sudden you're like oh no we're gonna like do like a 90 degree yeah big force tidbit. turn and yeah. it just it just doesn't work like it, it creates a lot of ripples it's not clean um mm-hmm. it displaces a lot of other things yeah so yeah Oh, I like... So, as you could tell, I've had time to think about that. You I'm have. And this is exactly what I
0: wanted, <laughs> because that is so good. And it also, as you were saying, like, the fact that it's, like, an older type of ship, it, it, that fits as well, even in the context of Wanda and Vision having, like, their show starting back in, like, the 50s, 60s yeah. era. Like, we're going back... Yeah. Like, we're just... They're, they're more, like, quaint, antique type of a ship anyway, just in general, yeah. because they lean into that in their show. Ooh. I really like that. And I really like... I appreciate the comparison at the end of, like, if you try to, like, take it off course, it's really obvious, and it's it's very disruptive, which is what happens. I also,
1: part of the, the reason why I wanted it to be a Mm steamship is because, like, Vision is, like, very, he's, like, mostly machine, and so I thought, like, a steamship was very, like, I thought a steampunk, and I was, like, it's just very mechanical, (laughs) and so... Yeah. I like so it. That's why I was like, oh, it must be a steamship.
0: I think, and I, I think it does speak to their, their, like, resiliency as a ship, too. Like, in <laughs> the ship in yeah. the figure oh, yeah. sense. They're but strong. But for sure. They're big and
1: they're strong and, mm-hmm. like, but they're so slow, but they can carry, like, a fleet, you know? It's, so I, um, I,
0: oh, I still, I actually, f- I forgot to say this in the episode and I want to get it on the record here because it speaks to, like, just, like, the slow aspect. I feel, mm-hmm. I just remember, this ship stands out to me for waiting for so long for, it to come back essentially because I'd be like okay Mm -hmm. gotta wait like at least a year for like another couple scenes and gotta wait another year or two for another couple scenes and I remember watching some set footage from infinity war in like 2017 like a full year before that movie came out and a full year since we'd seen Wanda and vision and it was like them it was vision looking like Paul Bettany like looking like a human as he is in their first scene in infinity war and it's when they're like in the apartment in Edinburgh and they're kissing and I'm like oh we get a kiss and I was like so excited and I literally spent a year waiting for that but also was like why doesn't he look like Vision? Is this like just a rehearsal? Like, and then it totally, right. totally ended up being incorporated into the plot, and even more so in Wandavision. But I was like, so many questions, but so much excitement just from this like one teeny grainy like passerby on the street footage of this like bedroom window in Edinburgh. Like I was.
1: Yeah, you caught a glimpse. Yeah, of and the, I was like, the, oh. the steamship, and you were like, oh, there, it has you know it's gonna high. be good. It's, like, in it's in gonna be huge, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's gonna oh, be a big
0: one. They're, they're so great I'm like doing my homework of like I recorded this like a week ago and so Lynn listening to my episode again to refresh for today's little yeah. addendum I was like yeah they're good they're really good like they're such a rarity in terms of again them just being seated throughout multiple projects and then actually having a payoff like ugh
1: mm-hmm. other exactly. than ignoring
0: that last movie but you know the rest of it Just good stuff, but I think I think that's everything. Then, honestly, I think that's it. I think that covers it. Thank you
1: for coming back. I'm glad I was able to join in for the last portion at least. Much appreciated. So, one last question: What is is, does Wandavision? Do they have a ship name? Because I'm always curious.
0: I see. I because the show ended up just merging their names. I've always just referred to them as Wandavision, like one word. Yeah. And that's I don't know if they've got. I think that's probably what it is. I don't think they have a ship name beyond that. And I could be wrong on that, but. That's a shame. Yeah.
1: Just that's it works. Because if I knew the their show ship name, I would put it on my like in my mental image of their I see. steamship, but that's I okay. See. That's Just put one SS1 division. It's fine. Alright. Alright. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Ships Ahoy. We'll catch you guys another time. Bye. Bye. Ships Ahoy was created and produced by Jill and Christina and edited by Christina. Our theme song was composed by my good friend Manu, and because we don't have any sponsors, (laughs) we don't really have anything else to shout out (laughs) at the end here. We're always open to suggestions on new episodes, so if you have any ideas, give us a shout on Instagram.